0: The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke from the 24th chapter, glory to you, O Christ. Our gospel this morning comes from Luke 24, verses 1 through 12, and can be found on page 1642 in your pew Bible. in clothes that gleamed like lightning, stood beside them. And in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why? Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still alive with you in Galilee? the Son of Man, must be delivered over to the hands of sinners. He must be crucified and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. And when they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all of the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women, because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up, and he ran to the tomb. And bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves. And he went away, wondering to himself, what had happened?" In the name of Jesus. Um, every year, we hear the story of the resurrection of Jesus, and and when you hear a story often enough, it's easy to gloss over many of the details of the story. I mean, honestly, we've, we've heard the story so often that we think that there is nothing new to learn. I mean, come on. We, we have all kinds of people that come to an empty tomb. One or more angels informs them that Jesus has risen, and everybody lives happily ever after the end But as is the case for all of the writings in the Bible, it's really not that simple. There is always more to learn. And one of the things that I didn't notice for a long time was the timing of everything. If we flash back to Friday, You may remember that Jesus died in the middle of the afternoon. But before Joseph of Arimathea could lay Jesus in his tomb, Joseph had to obtain an audience with Pontius Pilate. He had to go get a meeting. And he had to get permission from Pilate to remove the body from the cross. And then, then Joseph and the other friends of Jesus had to actually remove the body. It's pretty messy business. And then they had to transport Jesus' body to the tomb. And then they had to prepare it for burial. This all takes a lot of time. And ordinarily, it wouldn't have been a problem how much time it took. But wait, there's more. But in this case, the problem presented that it was the next day was the Sabbath. And there were laws that had to be kept about keeping the Sabbath holy. So even the work of burying a dead body was strictly forbidden on the Sabbath. And there was simply no way to get that all done in time and and do a halfway decent job of placing Jesus in the tomb. You see, sundown and the Sabbath just came too quickly. Now stay with me here. The timing of Jesus' death actually guaranteed that his friends had to return on Sunday morning, the day after the Sabbath, in order to properly care for the body of their dead friend. And by arranging the timing on Good Friday so that the burial had to take place in a hurry, the Lord assured there would be plenty of witnesses at the empty tomb on Sunday. And in fact, all four of our Gospels, all four Gospels tell us that the empty tomb was a pretty busy place from about the time the sun came up until the middle of the morning. People noticed that there was something up. Think about it. The first Easter was a swirl of activity and emotion. The women who came to the tomb with spices, and they find that the tomb is open, and the body of Jesus is gone, and the men show up, these guys who dress like lightning, and these men said to the women, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. And they said, remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. That is Luke 24, 5 through 7. Now these men, they knew these women, even though the women had never seen them before in all of their lives. And in the midst of all this commotion, where do the messengers direct their attention, direct our attention? They directed the attention to the words of Jesus. The Holy Spirit inspired Luke to point out that everything has happened exactly as Jesus said it would. And as we make our way through the gospel accounts, we regularly read that Jesus was teaching his disciples, saying to them, the Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him. And when he is killed, after three days he will rise. That's also, that's Mark 9, verse 31. The angels, the guys that are dressed like lightning, got Jesus' message exactly right. There is something else that you notice when you get into the, the nuts and the bolts, the details of the day of resurrection. You start to notice trends and patterns in the way that Jesus showed himself to the people. After a bit of study, it becomes evident that Jesus wanted his followers to believe in his resurrection because of his promise. And that his promise to rise was more authoritative than his actual presence. And the angels said as much when they said, Don't you remember his promise to rise from the dead? What promises does God keep? One more time. What promises does God keep? Amen. So when God makes a promise, he keeps it. And he asks, why are you looking for him here in the place of the dead? Even though his followers had not yet seen him, they should believe that he is alive based on his promise alone. Slowly, the truth of the situation began to sink in. For these women... Remembering the Lord's words brings them more fully into reality. With the words of Jesus, they begin to understand the strange new world that they find themselves in, the strange new world that surrounds them. Empty graves and men who dress like lightning, angels who have been with you all of your life, These things start to make sense. Jesus had talked about a heavenly kingdom. And the world is God's. And God's kingdom has come. So what about the pain of the crucifixion? Was this all a a mistake? Well, no. Jesus had told them that his betrayal and death were part of God's will. God so desired to save all people that he gave his only son to bear the punishment, to bear the pain for our sin. And now punishment for you and for me, it's gone. Divine vengeance is over. And the open grave gives a glimpse of of heavenly joy. Angels talk to humans. And humans speak to one another, sharing a message that saves every man, woman, and child. And what is this message? Here it is. The message is God loves you. In love... He gave his life for you. And now he lives and reigns eternally. The women could not keep this kind of news to themselves. They had to share the things that they had heard. And the Holy Spirit brought the promises of Jesus to their mind. He had promised to raise from the dead. And now... He had risen just as he said. The resurrection of Jesus Christ certainly demonstrates his power and his authority. A name above all names, even death. And many people have talked about merely communicating from the dead and have not been able to do it. Now, here we have someone who not only promised to rise from the dead, but he actually pulled it off. This alone makes Jesus unique in all of history. And further, this resurrection certified once and for all that Jesus has defeated sin, he has defeated death, and he has defeated the power of the devil. And as God promised in Eden, he said the seed of woman has crushed the serpent's head. He promised that would happen, and Jesus did it. This fact alone is reason to rejoice over his victory. But wait, there's more. Jesus promised to rise from the dead, and he kept his promise. And his resurrection means that there is nothing that can stop him from keeping his promises. He's the only man that ever lived that'll never let you down. I'll give you an example. I can make a promise and then get sick or have a flat tire or have any number of other difficulties. And every fiber in my being can be dedicated to keeping my promises. But despite my effort, it is possible that circumstances beyond my control can stop me from keeping my promise. Now, the resurrection of Jesus Christ clearly demonstrates that there are no circumstances beyond the control of Christ. Not even death can prevent him from keeping his promises. Jesus promised to raise and rise from the dead. Now, here's some of the other promises that he made. He made a lot of promises. And which promises does he keep? Okay, listen to this. This is good stuff. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. That's John 5, verse 24. Here's another. My sheep, they hear my voice, and I know them. And they follow me and I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. That's John 10 verses 27 through 29. Here's another. I am the resurrection and the life whoever believes in me though he die yet shall he live and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die john 11:25 through 26 one more let not your hearts be troubled believe in god believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself and where I am you will be also. John 14, 1-3. These, these are but a few of the promises that Jesus has made. These are but a few of the promises that you know Jesus will keep because even death cannot hold him or prevent him from keeping his word to you. Christ promises his promises, they teach us that a day is coming when he will return to raise all the, be- all the dead back to life. And if you or I had to face that day based on our own good works, we would fail. For no one is able to earn salvation. But Christ has promised salvation to us based on His perfect life and His sacrificial death. He has promised that those who have the Holy Spirit's gift of faith will rise to eternal life. For it is by faith that we receive the benefits of Christ's work. And we can have absolute certainty of our eternal salvation, not because of anything that we have done or not done, but because we have the promise of Christ. And in conclusion, not even death can stop him from keeping his promises. For he has risen, he has risen from the dead just as he said that he would. In the name of Jesus, amen.